Welcome to this week's episode of Innovator Speaks. Our aim of this podcast has always been and will remain to spread wisdom of innovators in various fields, to let them express their challenges and human stories. Our guest today, Arun Venkataraman, we believe is one of the best individuals to discuss on this topic. Arun is the founder and global head of Invenc Solutions. His company work has spanned from guiding R&D teams of companies to training entrepreneurs on how to create and manage innovation. He has a keen understanding and expertise in patenting innovations. Before founding his company, Arun has worked with multinational companies such as ABB and has also done research for the Indian Space Research Organization. Arun has a master's degree in systems control and robotics from one of Sweden's top university, KTH Royal Institute of Technology. Arun Thank you for agreeing to be a part of this podcast. Welcome. Hi, Darshan. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me over. Awesome. So tell us your story. How did you transition from a career in electronics, robotics to becoming an entrepreneur? Why Invenc Solutions? <laughs> Why Invenc Solutions? That's a great question. Um, so what happened was it was accidental that I got into the whole field of intellectual property. um like anybody who studies you know um uh, like you know robotics engineering or ai ml around 10 years ago when all these were still academically more uh, uh upcoming fields maybe um so i joined abb i worked there for almost like one year and then i also worked for a bit in automotive uh, r&d and uh, product development but then uh around 8 years ago i got this opportunity to join an intellectual property consulting firm where they said uh, you know uh, we could actually use someone who's from an r&d background so until that point of time i also was of the thought that uh, oh ip patenting all these things are purely law and uh, it's just a work for these lawyers what do engineers have have that but then i realized that that's not the case and i thought that okay why don't i try this one out so that's how i joined and uh, during my employment there i got the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, startups and entrepreneurs um uh, it was uh, it was a great learning opportunity over there and while i was working over there was when i also got introduced to the whole field of innovation management um because we started to do some trainings of sorts for uh, academic institutions and engineering students etc about what is patent and you know what is intellectual property uh, all those various aspects uh, we even partnered with ieee for that particular e learning initiative which we started it was 2015 2016 uh so during that um i got a chance to have a look at the whole area of innovation management and that really interested me um then by 2018 or so i thought that uh, you know we need to do something slightly different you know it's the thought which every entrepreneur gets right we need to change the way things are being done so i got the same thought and uh, that's how invenc was born so our aim uh, is extremely clear we are here to manage innovation uh in a small r&d focused organization or academic institution uh, who have a r&d team which is working on one particular product that's what we do 
because in large organizations you have a team of people who would be advising the ceos on strategies and what is the competition doing or you know like how things are evolving what is the team that we need to hire and train etc etc but if you are a smaller organization you need some assistance over there so that's where we come into the picture so this is how inwing started this is the why of inwing um surprisingly what happened was by the end of 2019 by early 2020 we started to do quite a lot of trainings um so that is when i thought why don't we have an lms of our own a sort of a portal where we can basically teach people about all these you know ip and patenting and we were also doing some trainings on some emerging technologies about uh, like artificial intelligence etc so we thought why don't we do some trainings over there and innovation management as a field uh, right also there is quite a lot of scope there so since i had some experience from the iwe work that we did back in 2015 uh, i kind of know about how lms work how e learning works and we thought why don't we have our own e learning portal and this was in january 2020 so by march it was covid and uh, the e learning thing which i started it kind of started to get a lot of attention so now we also have a full fledged lms learning management system uh, which we opened it up for individual trainers and uh, tutors or even training organizations to be able to train people and uh, t- uh, kind of have their offline classes online so that was a accidental offshoot business which we do that's excellent uh, so Inwing Solutions was uh, your first entrepreneurship venture. So, but what were those challenges like? Uh, how did your family take it? So, what was that? Uh, were there any, uh, you know, resistance to that? You know, it's like any other. Uh, uh, what do you say? When you want to change something, you know, there will always be a, a bit of why is everything not okay as of now. is everything fine why do you want to change and all those different questions so i did get all of that but in a way i was lucky that uh, uh, the 3 4 years uh, of my employment in my previous organization also involved quite a lot of interactions with entrepreneurs and startups um, so it, it was not out of the blue you know that uh, you are just working in a corporate environment and all of a sudden you stumble into the into the entrepreneurship area luckily i did have quite a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and startups with whom i was working and that kind of gave me what to expect out of this so i spent close to one year doing the homework about why i should start something on my own um, easily 11 months to 12 months of time the idea incubated in my head and then i kind of had all the processes and okay this is exactly why i have to do this exactly like how you asked me why inwing solution that's the first question i also asked myself why should i do this and then slowly the answer uh, unfolded so since i had a bit of clarity few months down the line uh, it was just a matter of explaining it to people around that this is what i need to do and uh, just explain to them the plans i have and uh, maybe i got lucky that all my friends and family uh, they said yeah sure just go ahead we are here to support you and i am very thankful to them again as of now as well because 2020 was a hard year uh, due to covid and everything but they are always there behind me 
that's <coughs> awesome that's uh, it's really uh, you know as you said you're quite lucky because uh, typically uh, you might have heard stories in india like entrepreneurship encouraging people who are entrepreneurs is itself uh, quite a task and uh, you mentioned uh, a learning management system yeah uh, is this uh, the invink learn is that invink learn yes yes okay. i call it invink learn so how did you go about designing the experience what was that process like so if you would look at it as one of your first products mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is actually the first product um, like i said it started purely as a requirement which we ourselves had so just a few weeks into that it was covid and all these things happened so then we thought that okay uh, that is going to be a requirement for this because uh, schools and organizations were all scrambling to you know what to do how to do so then we thought that okay maybe we can up our game a bit we can make some tweaks and upgrade what we have and then you know like maybe we could offer it to the academic institutions that was the thought process by say april of 2020 a uh, couple of months down the line or a few weeks after that we got to see that uh, academic institutions were okay because you know they got uh, all the assistance from organizations like google classrooms or zoom and all those things they were doing okay but it's the individual trainers and the tutors or the smaller training organization who were finding it extremely difficult even now they find it extremely difficult so that is when we thought that you know it's the smaller guys who kind of need some amount of hand holding and uh, they need some assistance on how to go about it because uh, you know if you are an organization it's just a like matter of approaching another organization and saying hey i need this kind of a support and they just work together they they just have to partner and work together but for a smaller guy it's not that easy right so then we thought that okay uh, why don't we focus on them so uh, then we started to change our strategy also slightly and uh, we kind of started to um, we kind of started to offer it uh, for the individual tutors and trainers at first <clears throat> um, so i know accordingly we had to kind of tweak a few things we had to like make some changes like right from student onboarding to Uh, how things happen the kind of learning experiences that we could provide in our particular portal etc etc we started to design so few months down the line what we also saw was we were able to reach out to quite a lot of uh, individual tutors and trainers couple of them joined and they started to teach and they are still teaching using our portal uh, but what we saw was uh, this was maybe 2021 uh, early part of 2021 what we saw was uh, people were like it's nice but who will create the content they were like okay yeah that's interesting because you are the expert in your particular subject matter but i mean how do we create the content and then we saw that okay they have the content in their head but they need some as- assistance in bringing it out so that is when we started to collaborate with instructional designers and content curators and we started to put together a team you know that could basically transform uh whatever classroom idea exists in the head of a trainer bring it onto our inventlearn portal that's the idea and that's been working quite well actually since the last one year and along the road what we saw was uh, around early part of 2021 a couple of small organizations in india like the uh, organizations with say 
80 to 100 employees, etc. They contacted me and said, uh, hey, uh, we don't have an internal L&D department or like a platform. So can you create something for us? And I was like, huh, okay. We never even thought about this particular uh, uh, you know, client segment, but that's interesting. So then we said, okay, cool. Let's do that. And uh, we started the B2B operations as well. You know, over there, uh, we kind of onboarded them on Inventor. They saw how it works and what are all the capabilities that they need, etc., etc. And then we started to create customized LMSs for the organizations like themselves. So that we started by June of 2021 and it's ongoing. Once we reached this point, we had all the more clarity about, you know, how to approach a small business client or how to approach a individual trainer kind of person. And we accordingly started to create things. Um, so, yeah, so that's how this journey has been. Then uh, since August or so, we also started to offer interactive content on our platform. So if you're a trainer, you can have all the all the gamification and interactive kind of learning or assessment option that you might want. So again, we we had to expand our team and now we have someone who takes care of only the individual trainers and tutors and uh, then I'm taking care of the small businesses and what is it that they need. Right now, we are working on an online course on how to teach on an online course and we are going to host it on our platform and uh, we are planning to onboard quite a lot of individual tutors and trainers after that. So, yeah, this has been the journey of... Wow. So this was uh, very much a product that was born out of crisis, right? You, once the Absolutely. pandemic started, you had to immediately on your toes think of a solution for people my who what people might need right now, right? Like yeah. the teachers, how can you build them tools to teach them uh, teach their students better? That was awesome. Like that and pivoting that to uh, you know uh, L and D departments of companies yeah. where they yeah. train their employees. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add like one more thing. There is another interesting area also that we got into. So, you know, there are quite a lot of uh, AI and ML startups who are working on really good interactive AI related products or chatbots or you know, I mean, like whatnot. So there are some of them who are into the education field as well. And I mean, there are some amazing companies in Sweden and India who are doing some really really great job with that and they contacted me and said look uh, we have something that would go into a sort of lms that you have it basically makes the classroom like much more smarter but we don't want to create the whole classroom experience from upfront. we could but you already have something which is good why don't you you just create something for us and we will just kind of build on top of that so this was another whole new segment which I never ever envisaged. And now we have someone who is creating augmented reality content on top of the platform that we have created. You have someone who is creating a virtual tutor or like a virtual teacher, uh, you know, uh, who would, uh, you can ask them any kind of a question and it would answer back kind of a option feature, etc. So, uh, yeah, I was able to find others who are actually adding really really great value to the platform that we have as well so this is the beauty of an ecosystem right you create an ecosystem and organically once it starts to grow you will find the partners and uh, just make it more enriching than what we could have imagined a few months ago
definitely it's that uh, finding the right people and then talking to them and just having the courage to say you know uh, can i this help uh, maybe i want to do this can you help me out uh, very few people do that and this is very much necessary in uh, you know innovation um, yes so coming to my next question i understand that uh, you know patenting is a important step during yeah. in inventions and innovation can you tell us why it is necessary and the associated benefits and also what type of patents exist in india okay so when it comes to patents uh, we hear it all the time but often we do not like know so much about it and we are always left in a bit of a you know it's kind of a bit of a gray area about okay i think i know about it but i'm not very sure about it so patent is uh, simply put it is just an ownership document which basically says that who owns this particular piece of technology that's been created that's what a patent is so then what is ip so ip is intellectual property so anything that is created by uh, human intellect is intellectual property of that particular human or organization or whoever it is so how do i give a tangible form to my intellectual property i have to implement it in some way right so i need to create a product or i need to create a particular piece of technology that goes on top of an existing product or what not so we need to invent something which has a form and you kind of say okay this is what basically defines what i have created and since it's my intellectual property you know once we have the word property it means there is an ownership component associated with that right it's my property okay now how do i claim ownership of this particular property this particular piece of intellectual property which is an invention that i have created that is when you apply for a patent which is just a document that details out look i have created something new i have invented something new this is what it is this is how it works and i would like to claim ownership of this particular thing that's all it is so the advantages of that is uh, you know it's just like if you own a house uh, or uh, yeah if you own a house let's say for example you choose what you want to do with it right you choose how to renovate when to renovate whether you are going to stay there or whether you are going to live it whether you are going to just going to sell it or you are going to give it out for a rent or lease or just let it be it's your choice right you have exclusive rights over your house which is your property it's the same when it comes to intellectual property as well if you are the owner of one particular invention or some particular piece of technology then anybody who wishes to use that in their particular product or who wishes to add on to that in some way they need to take your permission and only after that they would be in a position to do that and if you are going to give them some kind of like a permission that is where the royalty aspects also comes into the picture so you have created something and if somebody is going to live in your house they need to pay you the rent right similarly if somebody is going to use a piece of invention that you have created they are going to have to pay you pay you the royalty so that is how uh, you know patents generate the you know revenue um, which which is going to help you to grow basically so companies like say qualcomm or arm intel right all these guys they don't make any end user products right like you you wouldn't see an 
advertisement for a Qualcomm Snapdragon saying, please buy it. They don't have to because they create that IP, file the patents, ensure they say that we own this. And then it's up to the Apple and Samsung and the, you know, Dell or whoever, they go, they take that IP, incorporate it in their product. So irrespective of if it is a, if it is an Apple's this like laptop that is getting sold, or if it is a Dell or a HP or Lenovo, Intel makes money, right? Because Intel's IP is in it, or AMD makes money. And irrespective of if it's a Samsung phone that's getting sold, or Vivo or uh, Apple, whatever, as long as there is a Qualcomm chip in that. Qualcomm makes money. So this is the beauty of IP-driven businesses. Originally, you create something, you do the research, you claim ownership of that, then you are in it to just like make money as long as that particular invention is being used. That's the beauty of applying for the patents. Well, that makes sense, um, especially about Qualcomm. So yeah. that they wouldn't inherently say manufacture and sell stuff, but they would license out or, you know, yeah. Perm give permissions for other manufacturers to use that technology. So that's uh, that's a definitely you know high utility area. Yeah. Now, what are some of the misconceptions that about innovation that you've heard uh, in, your, in your interactions? Okay, um, innovation is one of the most misused, abused, and overused word in the last few years. Is my opinion actually that's that's again one of the reasons i got into innovation management because i'm like you know what everybody seems to be talking about it uh and it actually led me to give a tedx talk as well on the same topic which is the philosophy with which invenco also works actually okay so see people think that you do something new that is innovation uh not necessarily you being innovative in one particular aspect does not make it an innovation by itself. Um, now, if we have to go into what innovation is all about, you know, there is, uh, there is actually a research paper which tries to analyze and says, how do you come up with a definition for innovation? Okay. And they went about analyzing it. It was a paper from 2011, I think. They went around uh, analyzing it and they found close to 32 different definitions for innovation depending on the field where it was being used whether it's economics or engineering or uh, you know operations or uh, finance or uh, education or creative areas or field wherever it is so uh, it's very hard to say this is what innovation is all about but what i feel is uh, innovation is innovation is a huge concept something that really changes the way we live our lives so if you were to ask me okay give me an example of an innovation the innovation of our lifetimes we could say smartphones so because you know i mean uh, 25 years ago somebody had told me that uh, you would be able to transfer any sort of digital data from any part of the world to any other part of the world that's what a smartphone is, right? From anywhere in the world, I can transfer audio, video, data, files, whatnot to any other part of the world. So that innovation is huge. It's a huge thing. Uh, if you were to ask me what might be the innovation of, the say, the previous generation, uh, we could say maybe 
telecommunication is definitely one of that and uh, maybe the the generation earlier to that aviation right i mean it really changed the way we lived our lives um, right i mean so all these different huge huge concepts which change our life that is innovation so if you are to take that smartphones okay it's the innovation of our lifetimes it is very very unfair you know to call something very trivial that you do and say wow that is a great innovation i have created no maybe you were innovative we have created something small right but uh, this is purely like my opinion uh, what i feel is that innovation uh, must be something that is widely adopted and it changes the way we live our lives that is innovation um for example you you might remember the infrared communication protocol which came into being in 2008 or something it came about around the same time that bluetooth also came okay bluetooth is still here but i am not i am not like very sure how many people still you know i remember what that ir technology was all about it was very very short lived right so i am sure that when both ir and bluetooth came up they were both new they were both about a new way of transferring data from one device to another device etc etc but bluetooth turned out to really change the way we live our lives right i ir no it never got widely accepted and it's not anywhere today so would you call ir a innovation i wouldn't but again that's just my opinion so this is one of the common misconceptions which i feel that that people have just being innovative is not innovation that makes sense uh, especially you know i learned something new when you mentioned <laughs> the 32 different uh, definitions for innovation that's crazy yeah and uh, you're right especially even in features of a small aspect like ir and bluetooth uh, their longevity and their wide acceptability that that really matters in yeah. uh, calling them an innovation yeah so the way i see it is uh, you have like multiple inventions enabling uh, innovation that's how it works you know every smartphone that we hold it has a few thousand patented inventions in it i mean 5000 to 6000 is one number another number says 2000 to 3000 some other like number says even up to 8000 or also and wow. as of few months ago there are 282000 patents enabling the whole smartphone industry from you know from actually being here right from the sim to the antenna tower station overall in the world right there are 282000 plus or minus a few thousand inventions enabling the whole smartphone industry from happening so innovation is something huge it's a very very huge thing so inventions make innovations from happening so if you have created something which you feel is new it is going to solve some sort of a technical problem and if you think that there is an x factor to it which i have cracked which others haven't then you have an invention at hand you apply for a patent and maybe if you have a few such inventions put them together you have a great product 
maybe if that is going to change the way people are doing something and you know or improve things dramatically then maybe that could become a innovation if it gets widely accepted lot of new things get added on to it and stuff happens uh, yeah definitely definitely especially any device that we use there is a lot of uh, inventions it's not just one company brand or person yeah that was uh, you can't uh, you can't directly credit just one person that's the essence of innovation where it's a combination of all these different places yeah well what is the typical ask that companies uh, you know ask from you when you're consulting them in innovation management hmm interesting the whole point is i go there and i try to tell them guys there are 32 different definition for innovation what's your definition let's start with that so <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how we start because uh that's another concept which uh, which i also have come to truly believe uh we first need to quantify innovation for that particular context i feel because uh, what is innovation today may not be innovation um few years few decades down the line or you may not consider it as innovation few decades down the line right so at this point what is innovation for you for your organization it could be innovation in the process or it could be an all new innovative product or it could be innovation in an operational way that you do things i mean take uber right they didn't invent cars nor apps nor you know is like maps anything but the way they put everything together it is revolutionized the way we live our lives right so first we try to define what innovation is for that organization at this given point of time okay it is very very important that we do it because one of the things that really uh, hampers innovation from happening is efficiency you know, you may be like what the hell but yeah efficiency is very detrimental to innovation in the sense that you cannot be efficient and innovative at the same time because efficiency is basically you are assured of a certain output given a certain input right output by input is basically what you call you call this like efficiency so if you want to improve your efficiency you are going to do something which is tried and tested and you know it's going to work most of the time and that is how you try to like maximize efficiency now we are taught all our lives how to be efficient at any given point of time right if it's an engine it must be efficient like this what is the accepted like level of efficiency if you are working somewhere everywhere right it is efficiency is wonderfully quantified across all aspects of life i feel but innovation it's not and since they are both opposing ideas you cannot be efficient and innovative at the same time but you have to be efficient and innovative if you have to grow right so when i say efficiency from the point of view of a, say a small entrepreneurial venture it means that you make money basically right just invested x amount of hours i made n amount of money that is efficiency cool but you cannot be innovative if you are only focusing on efficiency but if you say oh you know what i i want to be as much innovative as possible let me go ahead and i will just be 
innovative alone it doesn't work as well because in innovation output is not a guarantee you have to burn your fingers you have to try and try and try and you don't know when things will actually click so you need to have the resources to be able to uh, try things out and see how the innovation is going ahead so it's a fine balance that you have to have it's like uh, it's like this is a thing that i just like to say everybody wants to be the batman everybody wants to be innovative but to be the batman you have to be you have to be bruce wayne the other half of the time because you need all the money and the resources of bruce wayne if you have to be a batman right so it's the same thing you have to be efficient and innovative but where do we balance at this given point of time for your organization where do we have to balance you need to make sure your employees spend certain amount of time in creating something new without having to like worry about the output or am i i mean am i getting paid for this particular time by the client etc etc without worrying any of that you need to allocate certain amount of time okay and then what i do so all those things we kind of we we kind of make like a plan and uh, i i i ask them to say allocate one particular day in a week or a month as innovation days on that day no regular work you are only going to sit and brainstorm about new ideas new requirements in the departmental talks etc right? so in this manner uh, you know depending on the organization that the type of the work they do the size of the organization and also at what stage they are we try to quantify innovation for them make it a habit to ensure that they are always very mindful about efficiency versus innovation this is this is how we do things right so you're essentially trying to figure out uh, you know what's their balance and priority or the yeah. risk tolerance exactly. for uh, trying new things trying new things exactly because exactly. Uh, you know typically I, you might have heard this uh, quote from henry ford he mentioned uh, if i had asked people uh, what they wanted they would have said faster horses faster horses yeah right <laughs> yeah. so when you're helping them uh, brainstorm ideas or you know or kind of making their efficiency better what is the kind of research you pursue in you know helping them validate their idea uh, often times efficiency making it better they are really good at it uh, i don't add so much of like value there but i just try to understand okay how much of inefficiency can we bring in so that uh, you can be innovative i just thought of a great tagline for us invent making you innovative <laughs> that's nice <laughs> so yeah i mean this is exactly what i do i just go and say you guys haven't uh, you know you guys are actually sitting on a lot of things so i go around i talk to their r&d team and figure and just ask them what is it that they are doing so they say this is what we are doing for this client we are working on this particular product but you know what this gave me this other idea that could be a whole product segment within itself but i don't have the time to sit on it okay i'll just make a Uh, this thing of it a kind of a small is a note of it okay and then i do that then i go i sit with the ceo and say give me these is guys if let them spend half a day with me with each other we will come up with something and he would say no not right now we have a deadline maybe like next month so it's more about that right so it's just more about creating the plan for that so i often make companies inefficient not efficient but uh, it's not in a 
I mean, it's not like it's going to be harmful for them. It's it's more like they are investing in the innovation that they are going to do. So, uh, so I would basically spend some time to see can they afford it right now? You know, can they afford to spend so many hours not doing what they are doing? So I have had clients to whom after doing an initial assessment of their work, I, I told them, you know what, you are not being innovative at this point. It's okay. You don't have to be innovative all the time, right? So you are in a stage where you really have to get the you know revenue going and have certain things in place. So give it a few months and we'll talk after that. We'll see how things are. When you have the space and the time to maybe breathe and say, you know what, now I can afford to be innovative because you cannot be creative on a, a on an empty stomach, they say, right? So uh, if you don't have your, your basic needs addressed in your organization, you cannot say I'm going to change the world. It doesn't work. It is a very unsustainable way. Um, so that is what we focus on because Again, sustaining innovation is what is very much important, right? You can have a flash of genius and do something today, but how do I keep at it, you know, and ensure that it grows into something, it evolves into something and it really lasts long, right? That's the key. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, it's very hard for me to pinpoint and say, this is what I do. But I hope you get it, you know, like what I mean. It's it's more about analyzing what they have and contextually we need to tell what has to be done. Oh, I get that. Uh, I understand, uh, especially uh, the part where you're trying to figure out uh, what's their uh, appetite. Appetite, yeah. And, uh, and uh, if I may just add this, uh, I don't know if you have seen the movie Pulp Fiction. Have you seen Oh, yes, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Okay. It's one of the coming-of-age movies. Yeah. So I would like to I would like to think of the work I do like the work which which uh, which was done by Mr. Wolf in that movie. Right. <laughs> he, just comes, he just comes in and talks common sense, right? And he doesn't do anything extraordinary. He just comes in and says he analyzes the situation and says this is what you need to do. This you have this okay. This is what, so he understands the constraints, understands the timelines, understands what is at stake. It's pure common sense, right? I mean, he doesn't do anything extraordinary. But True. since the guys involved are too close to what happened, you need an impartial third person to come look things from an aerial view and say, you know what, this is what would work and I'm here. Let's do it. He doesn't do all the work. He just makes them do the work, right? So, uh, okay, I'm not saying I don't do any work, but <laughs> I know you know, I get I know it, I you get it. what I mean. But yeah, it's more about someone coming in, analyzing, and then saying, guys, this is what we should be doing. And then we try and do. So, uh, in one line, if you ask me, that's the kind of work I do. I like to think of myself as Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. So, that's Perfect. the kind of work we do at like in my We're not teaching them anything new. I mean, we are in some cases, but it's more about understanding this situation, understanding what is at stake and giving them some heads up and some some kind of like leg up wherever they need. That's it. Most of it is in them already. Um, that's so, yeah, true. Mr. Wolf, that's, I mean, that's uh, very much important because if you look at uh, a lot, if you look at history, a lot of companies uh, have to scale down or they went bankrupt. If you look at Nokia. Nokia was the leading smartphone manufacturer and right up until time the concept of smartphone came into the picture and they didn't onboard you know, yeah. Android and it affected their business. So yeah. just uh, having that uh, kind of uh, appetite to 
switch over and do something new and yeah. uh, still uh, remain relevant yeah. that is uh, quite hard and this is uh, yeah that's an exciting uh, work i'm sure that's very so, exciting actually <laughs> <laughs> so who are your team members at invink what do they do or you know who are your collaborators what kind of work and roles do they do uh with respect to the innovation management thing it's just me uh it started out as just me and i'm still the primary guy in this invink learn in itself is basically a side hustle for invink solutions i know it is another word or phrase that's been overused a lot side hustle i don't want to just use you know like some kind of like a jargon but uh, invink learn is where we we have a team so i have outsourced the the you know the app development and all these all those like different aspects very uh, recently we have grown the team from 1 to 5 so most of those guys are uh, they they are freshers who have a creative eye and instructional designers who have some amount of experience in that and uh, then we have two three people who also do freelancing work with us so this is the team that we have but uh, yeah i mean i'm now kind of looking to hire someone full time in invink learn because i'm kind of reaching my saturation point over there because i don't have the time to do all of it right lot of clients are coming up now as well so we are trying to grow over there with respect to the team that's that with respect to clientele um, yeah, it's mainly uh, quite a lot of exciting startups from india and also from the us and in sweden also we have two three organizations that we work with and we have the academic institutions in india as well engineering institutions uh, because you know that's another one area of uh, invink that maybe i didn't talk about it at all uh, we also assist come uh, organizations with respect to technology transfer meaning you have a patent some other company has another patent or somebody else wants to take some kind of like some kind of like licensing of this particular patent implement it as a pro- as a product and you know kind of kind of you know bring it up so what we have seen is uh, in indian universities except for iits and iics the concept of a technology transfer office is kind of new i mean the concept of applying for patents itself is kind of not very well in place it's only in the reason last few years that they have really gotten into the game so we help them in identifying what patents they have could be licensed identifying some startups or some other organizations where this particular inventions could be plugged in and you know we can create an exciting product out of it because often times in academic institutions what happens is there is a student there is a team there is one particular prof they work on it it's a project they may be present a few papers maybe they apply for a patent but once their thing is done some student one guy goes for a job one girl goes for high studies one professor is promoted or whatever that's it that that particular project it never sees the light of the day as a product right trust me there is so much good the patents lying around in academic institutions in india i mean some amazing amazing work has been done uh and uh, so i work with four five of them and i just try to go through it and identify what has scope right now and uh, can i put them in touch with some startup or some large organization who could incorporate it 
as a product and everybody benefits right because for the startup to start from the scratch and create something like this is going to take them a lot of time but they have something that's been proven right that is maybe a proof of concept maybe even a prototype and for the academic institutions they are going to generate good you know revenue out of ip which they have created uh, which as an academic institution you don't have the ecosystem to create a product out of it but that's where the startup can help and for all of us we are going to get a new exciting product maybe in a few months or years time how cool is that so that's again something that we do um yeah that that's great uh, this uh, reminds me of the kind of uh, stuff universities on the western hemisphere uh, do at uh, ncsu where i studied in the us they also had a sort of a patent office where they yeah. would work with companies and outreach to startups um yeah. if the students want to you know license out their patent and exactly. this this is going to definitely bring in a huge difference because this is how uh, as far as innovations has been done on the other side of the planet because uh, the connection between academia and yeah. industry uh, that has to be bridged through this gap so yeah. that uh, it is established that you know it's not just uh, innovations that happen at companies in india but also at the academic institutions so yeah that's a really lot actually a lot yeah. and since in these last 3 4 years you know a lot of entrepreneurship activities can be seen across various uh, academic institutions in india right so they are they are basically setting up innovation cell entrepreneurship cell ip cell etc etc so i kind of go in and say you should also have a technology transfer office but then technology transfer office setting up is not very straightforward you know because because there is a bit of legal side when it comes to patent there is a bit of technology side there is also the commercial side so what i do is inmeng acts as the external technology transfer office for them or i am the tt officer for them and we kind of try to create a process where we train their own guys internally about how to set it up internally like how we set up a, a this like lnd department for an organization right we onboard them on inventing learn first they try it out for some time then maybe a few months down the line we create a portal for like their own and hold them for some time and then we just like move out similarly uh, uh, we have like a three year plan that we have with couple of academic institutions where we handhold them because often times right it's also about creating the patent the whole patent pool for them right not all or not all academic institutions have that so you need to have the technology first to do technology transfer so starting from there we have uh, we get into three year four year kind of engagements and we handhold them so yeah that's how we do that's great this is very much uh, needed for the indian context because i remember when i was uh, pursuing my bachelor's mm-hmm. uh, i definitely wasn't uh, as much a genius at the time my classmates uh, you know they created something very interesting in robotics and they wanted to you know uh, put it into papers and patent it but there was at that time no particular you know company or a way to do it yeah you had to go through a lot of uh, paperwork and bureaucracy so that was uh, crazy so this is definitely going to help a lot of uh, institutions so yeah. you you also do trainings right for yeah. uh, startups and companies on to how to go about this process yeah 
Yeah, we do. Uh, so when it comes to startups, we do a training on understanding, basically understanding patents, uh, right? So because you have a small team of say eight people or say ten people who are creating something new, oftentimes whenever we 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 kind of start out on a particular project, we go and check what work has been done already. We check IEEE papers, Google scholars, uh, right? All these all these guys but we never check the patents because we are like oh patents i because again as as i told you right it's it's this whole gray area i think i know about it but i'm not very sure about it but as an engineer if you are going to work on something new you have to you have to kind of know what work has already been done because oftentimes what happens is some company in you know uh invests a few months time into something they come to me and say we have created something nobody else has done it and then within half an hour i tell them you know what it's there only this person has done it they're like oh god had we known we wouldn't have wasted our time doing it right so uh it's my strong belief that every engineer should understand what is patent how it works and also be in a position to identify am i working on something that could be patented right because if i don't apply for a patent somebody else can apply for a patent for what i in what i am doing um yeah so the training that we do basically focuses on giving them a gyan about what is ip patent etc etc and then um, how to identify if you are working on something that can be patented for which you need to understand how to read a patent document and understand you know what goes where and stuff like so this is the training that we do and after this training we also have an exercise where we tell them okay now you tell us if you are working on something that you feel that could be patented is there something happening is there something exciting happening in your organization what do you think about it let's talk about it so then we have what is called a idea harvesting session or invention harvesting session where we sit and we see if they have something that could be patented so someone working on something would say this is what i'm doing and among all of us we will talk and figure out whether it is inventive enough to go ahead for a patent should we check etc et so uh, we do that exercise and end of it we have a few patents that could be filed we explore that possibility and if it is if it is good we we just go ahead and apply for the patent for them so this is how we build the patent portfolio for that particular organization so training and awareness is the place to start that that's what we do that's great that's awesome so you are doing a lot of things part of invent there is invent learn the trainings uh, and consulting companies on innovation management what are your future plans for the company uh, where do you see <laughs> the next couple of years <sighs> next couple of years um we started something else as well i mean see yeah, it may it might actually seem like we are doing a lot of things in a way yes but uh, they are kind of interrelated with each other so thank god it doesn't seem like a lot and also as i said it's quite enjoyable and i'm very passionate about it also again it doesn't seem like a lot so in like learn you know things are stabilizing and quite a lot is happening over there so for i mean like myself invent learn is the innovation side of invent while the while the you know regular training and patent consulting is the 
efficiency part of it so that is how i balance innovation inside um uh, so invent learn we have lot of plans and lot of more exciting things that are coming up like i i told you about the augmented reality kind of content integrating lot of ai ml uh tools and options onto this learning platform and it looks very promising as well so we are looking to grow over there and uh, i'm getting a lot of uh, inquiries nowadays which is making me scared that uh, oh my god i don't have the team for doing it so expand the team stabilize things over there that's one thing and continue the good work that we have been doing with respect to the ip and the and that side of things and uh, we also have started something called invink insights it's just a few weeks old uh, it is it comes as a part of the innovation management activity so it's more of market research activity but market research with a key focus on ip ownership so if you are a startup who is a st- who is kind of starting to work on some new product we help you understand what is the patent ownership landscape of that around the world or if they say i want to explore these jurisdictions we analyze it for them and say these are your key competitors these are all the guys working on it because regular market research is it's fine we do that as well as a small part of it but often times what you cannot find with a regular like market research you can identify with the help of the patent ownership data uh, so i mean like for example i am very proud to say this uh, you uh, like you know remember when amazon prime started their video streaming thing it was 2015 end of 2015 2016 i think but in right. 2014 2014 3 4 of us in my previous organization we knew that amazon was going to get into the video streaming game because amazon had already applied for those patents and we were looking at something else and we were like oh okay why is amazon failing all streaming patents right uh, so so uh, patent information is great intelligence on which organizations can act i mean it is how things happen in these large product r&d companies they are always on the lookout for what their competitors up to what are they doing so for a small company this information is extremely vital and also for investors if you are trying to invest in some company or if you are trying to invest in one particular area say ai or evs or what not you want to understand how is this landscape out there right is it high risk low risk what am i doing about it so this is after something we started recently just a few weeks ago um someone from someone who is an iit madras like alumnus she has like she has she joined the team and she's a great addition to have she comes with a lot of experience academia corporate and also r&d so that also looks quite promising so invent insights that's what we call it uh, so insights and learn these are the key areas for 2022 as of now uh, yeah haven't thought too far ahead into 2 years or 3 years i do have some plans but uh, those are those are just for me maybe <laughs> uh, but i can tell you what's going to go on for the like next one year for the next 12 months at least <clears throat> no this is awesome uh, envenc insights that sounds really interesting and, and the tagline huge value interrupting and the tagline is invest in <laughs> intelligence envenc insights oh, invest in intelligence invest oh, in okay. intelligence <laughs> i got it very good very good Well, Arun, I have a lot of notes uh, that I have taken through our conversation, and it was uh, really insightful. <laughs> I had fun talking to you. 
I learned a lot about what innovation is and you know my podcast is called Innovator Speak so yeah. I definitely hope to see you again sometime so thank you so much for being a part of this yeah thanks darshan i mean it was very like nice of you to have me on this and uh, uh, yeah i hope people enjoyed this listening to this and uh, glad to be a part of it and all the best for this initiative of yours it's a really great initiative my best wishes